Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you guys. It's good to be back up the front preaching. Very exciting. Um, apologies in advance to the people who are watching at home. I tend to walk around a lot, so if I walk off the screen, my humblest apologies. I'll try to be centered. Um, if you know me well and you know who I am as a person, uh, you would know that I'm a huge, huge fan of Lord of the Rings. Massive, massive fan. I had been for many years. I went and saw the films when I was younger with my father, and we went and sort of like every year went out and saw um, the new one as they came out. Um, so much so, I nerded out a couple of years ago. I even went and created my own Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter trivia night and had my friends come over to my house and I ran that. So I'm a huge nerd. Um, there's three films uh, in the in the franchise. Um, and they're all quite long, and that's why a lot of people don't tend to like them. Peter Jackson, who's the director of the film in his infinite wisdom, thought that it would be better to then release an extended edition of the films, which uh, meant that a lot of the film running times ended up being around the four-hour mark, which is, which is a very, very long um, bit of time. And I reckon individually, I've probably watched the films... Mm, probably a dozen times each. Now, there's a couple of, couple of hours up there just if you want to check out the, the timings of them all. Um, but there was one challenge that I was yet to complete. And my wonderful girlfriend, Mel, who's here today, um, uh, hasn't watched the Lord of the Rings um, film series. So I said to her, you know what we should do? We should sit down in one day and try to look and watch all of them through in one sitting. So that's 11 hours and 36 minutes. That's minus the credits, I'd like to point out, uh, worth of viewing. And so a couple of Saturdays ago, we went on this adventure. We sat down and we watched all of the Lord of the Rings from start to finish. And I'm so thankful to God that she's still with me, guys. That is, <laughs> oh, if that was not a test of our relationship, I don't know what was. And the good thing is she actually really enjoyed it. It was very confusing at times, like 11 hours worth of content is hard to take in, I can understand. We did take breaks, we had lunch, and you know, so we didn't, we sort of tried to break it up throughout the day. Um, if you don't know anything about the films, that's okay. I'm not going to do a full synopsis, so please don't switch off now. Please stay with me. There is a reason for me talking about this. But it's all based around this one ring, this ring of power. And here's the ring. This is the ring of power. And each character in the films and in the book series has this draw, has this allure to this, to this ring of power. And they all want it. It actually affects each character slightly differently, which is interesting. Some find that it, their selfish desires to have the ring um, really strong and they really, really want it. Um, and others, it affects them slightly less. And it's interesting to see the interplay of how the characters with their desires go out and do it. And they're like, I'm just going to try to take this. Some, some want it for power. Some people want it to use their special abilities. If you put the ring on, you can turn invisible. Some people want to have it so that you can last a long time. You, it actually doesn't age you. you slow, it slows down the aging process. And some just wanted it out of just so that they could lock themselves away in a, in a dark cave so that no one would ever talk to them ever again. And 
we couldn't actually see this more exemplified in one of the characters. One of the characters is named Smeagol or Gollum, um, probably one of the most notable characters in the film franchise. And we actually see in The Return of the King that he falls so victim to this power of that ring. The selfish desires are so evident in his life that to one of his best friends, who he's like, you know, 30 seconds before was fishing and having a really good time with him, it goes from one thing to actually being in a fight and then that fight actually ends up being that Gollum actually killed his best friend. The selfish desires for this one ring of power was so alluring and so attractive that he went so far as to kill one of his best friends. And it's really hard to, it's really hard to watch. And it just highlights the selfishness that people have for this one ring. Now, I know what you're thinking. How on earth has this got anything to do with James? Trust me, there is a link. Um, I'd like to also point out that there, at the, the very end of the film, sorry, this is a spoiler, um, just before he gets, he, Gollum loses the ring for a little bit of time and he actually gets the ring back. And this is what he says. This is the quote. Precious, 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 Gollum cried. My precious, oh my precious. And with that, even as his eyes were lifted up to gloat on his prize, he stepped too far, toppled, wavered for a moment on the brink, and then with a shriek he fell. Out of the depths came his last wail, precious, and he was gone. And this is him falling off a cliff to his death. He was so enticed by this ring and so caught up in it that even to die didn't seem like nothing to him because all he was interested was having that one ring. Excuse me. So James, um, there is a connection. Stay with me. James 2.14, we're introduced to um, the idea of faith and deeds. If you have your Bibles with you, please keep them open. Um, I would like to go through the verses and talk talk through them and, and talk what's happening here. It seems like th there's a conversation happening. This is this is what it's worth noting. Um, it's uh, There is a conversation happening between um, someone. Um, we don't know who, um, but it seems as if there, there's something's happened and he's sort of almost saying what's happening. So have that in mind as we, as we go through. Um, the first verse is really interesting. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but no deeds? Can such faith save them? Um, without reading the rest of the verse, there's actually two verses in this, without reading that in the context of everything, we actually find that that can be a little bit off-putting. If you could read that and take it in one particular way of what it could be implying is that we actually are needing deeds or works to be saved. If you read that in that, without reading the rest of it. But that couldn't be further from the truth. If you continue to read what the whole grand scheme of what James is trying to say, that's not what he's saying. And it's backed up in other verses um, in, in the New Testament for the Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and um, it is not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So this is not what he's, he's not talking about works. Um, and he gives us some practical examples in 15 and 16. He says to us, well, if a man comes to you or a woman comes to you and says, I'm hungry, and then you, or, or they need clothes, you're not going to, you're not going to go, oh, I'm just going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that you get fed and you get clothed. No, of course not. You're going to go, oh, here's some food. Let me cook for you. Come in, have dinner with me. Or I've got a spare coat. Here, take this, please. Because 
if you're just going to be prayerful in spirit, which is also good, don't don't hear me wrong. It's good to pray for others. Don't be don't hear me that you shouldn't pray for people. But if you're not going to fulfill the physical needs of that person, then you're not doing that work. You're not doing that good work that can be helpful for them. It's almost like that good Samaritan story where you just overlook. You just you almost walk over over that person if if you're not willing to help them. And it's it's sort of summed up if you can if I could sort of almost sum it up this in one sentence. It's almost like faith and deeds go together, and we need to have that as we keep reading. He even goes so far to say in verse seventeen that faith without deeds is dead. That's pretty strong language. Faith without deeds is dead. There's no point even having faith if you don't have your deeds. That's how strong it is almost. Really, really clear. If we look at it from a worldly perspective, um, many of you would know Bill Gates um, as, as a person. Um, he has, I did a bit of Googling and research on him. He has actually donated 50 billion, approximately $50 billion to charity, which is an awesome feat and like what an awesome thing that that is. Um, and that's really, really good. And... If we look at it from a worldly perspective, that's actually a really wonderful thing and and that should be credited as a really good work. Now, I don't actually know where Bill's faith is and I'm not trying to make any judgments, but just for argument's sake, say he wasn't a Christian and he wasn't a believer, just because he had done that great deed doesn't mean that he has his faith in Jesus. And I know this is really controversial, I know this can like it can hit home, but that doesn't just give him a one-way ticket into heaven. Just because he's given fifty billion dollars to great causes, all of these wonderful, it doesn't mean that he gets to go to the front of the line when he gets to the gates of heaven. It doesn't mean that he has if he doesn't have his faith that that deed is completely redundant in a, in a worldly perspective. And people will say, and this is this is the hardest thing. Some, some people might say, well, you know, I'm a really good person. I live my life like really well, like I don't drink too much, I love my family, I look out to my neighbors, um, but like they're just doing deeds, they don't have the faith. Remember, it's got to be deeds and faith working together. And it talks so much to the scandal that is Jesus. It's scandalous because there is no way that I will ever be able to afford $50 billion and be able to do that, yet I am saved by grace. It's scandalous. It doesn't matter whether you're old, young, rich, poor, from this country, from a different state. It does not matter at all because we can all, if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, then we are saved. It doesn't matter. Like that's, and it's awesome. Like That's so good. And what will hopefully happen from that is that the outworkings of that faith will come. It will be easy for us to be able to go and, and do good deeds. I love the power of the language. Um, if we if we look at how he goes, uh, you believe in God is like it's almost like he's talking to talking to one person um, who said, "Well, I believe in God, right?" But you know, it's the the deeds aren't quite working together. And he just goes, "Well, that's good that you believe in God. Well, even the demons do, and they shudder." I love the powerful language. It's so emotive. I, I, it feels like it's a really strong picture in my head, and I can't I can't look over these verses because it just shows the power that God has. Um, our school bell, at uh, so our school, instead of having a 
a bell, which is annoying and no one likes. They actually play a song and every, I don't know whether it's every year or every term, they keep changing it. They will change the song and part of the chorus is, and if our God is for us, who can be against us, which is sort of from that Romans 8.31 um, verse, if God is for us, who can be against us? That's it, um, which is a City of Light song. Um, and that plays over it. And I think that that's so true to this, to this verse. It's like, well, if God is for us, then even the demons will shut up. I know that's a bit off topic, but I just couldn't I couldn't go past that without sharing that with you. James then gives two scriptural references. It helps all of the people who, you know, they would have been aware of the, the Old Testament. Um, he talks about Rahab the prostitute helping out the spies that was in Joshua um, and saying how that was really awesome that she was still willing to help those people. Um, and, she, and he talks about um, Abraham as well. And I love this story because it just really exemplifies what he's trying to do. He's really trying to capture it. This is from Genesis chapter 22. And Abraham is taking his son... And they go on a journey and he has to and he has to sacrifice his son. So he builds the altar, he gets it all there, he walks up and even his son asks him, Well, where's the where's the sacrifice? Where's that where's the thing that we're gonna sacrifice? And then that's when he bounds him and that's when he puts him on the altar. And this is his faith. He he's trusting God, almost to the point of where he's almost willing to kill his own son, which is crazy, right? Like that's his faith in God so exemplified that he's willing to do that deed, that deed that doesn't make any sense. And as he's about to throw down that knife, the angels come and say, stop. If that is not the perfect representation of faith and deeds working together, I don't know what is. Because I would find it extremely difficult if I was put in Abraham's situation to be able to trust that that was what God had in plan. And like he was willing, like he was willing. He was like, he was like going down. That's like a crazy thought in my head. And that's why James is talking about it. And I think that that just really perfectly sums it up. Verse 24. Once again, this is, this is sort of what scares me, I think, about the, the whole context of like, oh, if we flip, if we just flip open the Bible, if, if I, oh, I don't know what to, if I don't know what to read and I just flip it open to one verse and just read this one verse, um, I think there's some, it's worth reading the verses around it because if you read 24, it says, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. And if you just read that verse, it, you can almost feel like it's like, once again, it's saying, well, we can get righteousness without faith. But that's not what he's saying for the rest, like pretty much the rest of the thing. He's talking about faith and deeds working together in partnership. So if you read that out of context, it could be, it could be taken slightly different. So we do need to be careful when we are reading the Bible and reading the scriptures, because if we're not willing to read it in context, then it can be a little bit confusing. So I'm glad that he's really clear in the rest of his in the rest of his verses. And he sums it up. He sums it up as in the in the final the final verse. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. If our bodies didn't have the spirit of God, which is credited to us once we are saved, then we are we are spiritually dead. We are spiritually the dead. And it's the same thing with faith without deeds. If we have our faith and we don't have our deeds, the faith is dead. And this is something that I've been really wrestling with, and it's funny. God works in funny ways, right? 
something that I've been really wrestling with and something that I think that is really highlighted in these verses verses uh, is selfishness. And this is something that I've been really wrestling with. And it's the same thing that we see with the Lord of the Rings characters. They all selfishly want this one ring. They all selfishly want this. And it's the same thing. All of us, we just our natural default is to go, I'm going to look out for number one, and that's me. I'm not going to think of others. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to think of what anyone else is doing. I'm not going to think about what the deeds that I can do for others. I'm only going to think about number one. What am I going to be able to get out of this situation? What am I going to be able to achieve by doing this particular thing? Not about what can I give? What are the, what are the deeds of my works that I can do for others without wanting to gain anything? This verse, I've, like, I've just had on my heart and I've been thinking and praying and trying to work through it. Philippians 2, 3 to 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each to you to the interests of others. Wouldn't the world just be a much better place if we could all do that? And that's, I think that's what, look, this might just be me, my naive sense, but if this is, I think this is what the people were struggling with when James was talking to them. I think what they were doing is they believed in God. They were like, yeah, we love Jesus. Like, we, yeah, this is awesome. Like, but then what they were doing was they were just going home and just doing their own thing and not considering what, what they could be doing for others. And, and he's saying that this is important. It has to go hand in hand with one another. It's the same thing. Like, as in, I think that we do that today. I feel like I've been doing that a lot recently, thinking what, what are the things that I'm doing that are so selfish? I understand that this is a really hard thing to to talk about because as I look around the room, I see so many people that are pouring their heart and their soul out into other people, whether it's through service or whether it's through love or whether it's through cooking meal, whatever it might be. And I don't, I'm just really wanting to speak to the people who, who feel like, oh my goodness, I'm just so close to burning out. I feel like I'm so not needing to hear this at the moment, that's okay. Because remember that it's the people around you that also should be doing those deeds and they should be lifting you up and they should be wanting to see you grow in your faith. Yeah? And it might just be that today that you need to you need to say something. You need to ask. You need you need to say, look, I'm just really I'm just really tired. I need help. Because it's hard to say those words. There might be some people in the room that might be thinking, oh, I'm really glad Thomas is saying all this because, you know, such and such is being a bit selfish and they need to hear this. You know, the hard thing is, and this is for me too, probably the message is that you need to hear it. And that's, that's the real hard thing. So we need to be thinking about it. Like what are, the, what are the things that we can do today that we can help to love others? What are the practical things? What are the, what are the prayerful things that we can do? Where are we being selfish? Where are we going out of our way just to get that ring of power, to get that, to get that one thing that is going to only benefit us? And there's these three questions that, that it's worth thinking about. 
What are the deeds that God's calling you to do? Maybe what are the deeds that God's calling you to continue to do? What are the people God is asking you to help? And what have you been doing recently that is selfish? Because if we can if we can look past our own selfish desires in that natural default of the world and go, no, nope, Satan, you have no power over me. You have no foothold. I'm going to be caring and loving and supportive of those people who are around me and the people who are in my community. That's going to go such a long way. And it's going to be really, really awesome. And you know the cool thing is? The closer that we are to Jesus and the closer that we are trying to emulate and do what Jesus has done, it's going to be so easy for us to... To our, it won't be an effort. It won't be hard. It might start off by being hard, but it will be easy because it's Jesus working out of us. It's, it's the overflowing of what he's doing in our lives that is going to come so quickly to others. And if we can do that, it's going to be so good because then, you know, when I'm feeling down or I, I'm, I've had a rough week or then I know that there's going to be others who are going to be wanting to pour out into me. And vice versa, when they're down and they're having a hard time, I will be able to pour out into them. And it's this beautiful community that we can have where we can be lifting each other's up in our faith and our deeds. But we can't have one without the other. You can't just do good works without your faith and you can't just have faith and not do good works. And that's sort of the, the, the basic summary. How about I invite the, the worship team back up and I'll, I'll quickly pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for... The words that we read in James, thank you that we can learn that our deeds aren't just about our faith, Lord. I just want to pray that as we go through this week that we will just be really reflecting on the people that we can be looking out for and serving, Lord, in our actions. Lord, I just want to pray that we won't just try to do one or the other well, but we will do both well both our faith and our deeds. Lord, if we are needing help this morning, if we are needing someone to come to us and pray, I pray that we will be bold, Lord, this morning. I pray that we will seek help. And if it's not in this context, Lord, I pray that you would just help us to do it in a text message or an email to that person. Lord, I just want to pray that we will just be bold in those decisions. And Lord, if anyone is, if anyone is really being tired if they're if they're feeling worn out today i pray that you will just be refilling them up i pray that you'll be sending your holy spirit onto others to help lift them up help build them up lord we pray all these things in jesus name amen thanks so much for joining us don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the center Dural. but in the meantime praying for god's hand over you as you continue to step into everything jesus has in store for your life be blessed